people first organizations will win in the future of work. Your only real asset is your people. We, we all, all want purpose-driven work. work. HR-led organization is I'm sorry, but leaders don't lead empty desks and empty shop floors. Welcome to the People Strategy Leaders Show. I'm your host, Sri Chalapa, founder and president of Engagedly, and a serial entrepreneur in technology, films, and music. This is where we talk to people leaders, business strategists, and organizational savants about leading in the time of change. What is working, what is not working, and more importantly, what we should be thinking about. Stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest. And now, let's engage. Hello, this is Sri Chalapa again with People Strategy Leaders Podcast, and welcome to my show today with Catherine McCord. Catherine speaks and teaches promoting inclusion and innovation. From being the little girl who sold shares in her company and played HR, even firing her own mother to the traveling entrepreneur and speaker, Catherine has six invisible disabilities, both neuro and physical, ranging from MCIS seizures to bipolar and OCD. And she's successful with her diagnosis, not in spite of them. Born in Dallas, Texas, she began rescuing animals early on. Animals are her great love. As an adult, she became a proud foster mama, even for wolves and exotic animals. And she enjoys working with various charities around the country. She runs a company called Titan Management, which she founded in 2014 with the purpose of shaking up HR and inclusion. She also hosts two shows. Career Launch Live and Supermania Show. She has spoken at Ames, which is part of United Nations, London School of Business, SHRM, HRDS, Web Summit, Success Champions, and many more wonderful events, organizations, and show. Well, it is an amazing to to see hear all this, and I, I am really excited to dive into this right away. So welcome to the show, Catherine. Happy to speak thank, to you here. Thank you so much for having me. And I do want to be real clear. I didn't like actually file, fire my mother from a real job. It was just play. Like I've had some people be a little bit confused about that. So I yeah. do want to be real clear. <laughs> yeah. You were like, give me candy or you're fired. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we were like, so we were playing and we always played interview and convention, all this. And then one day we were just playing that she was my employee. And then at one point, I don't remember what she did, but I called her over and I was like, I'm sorry. Today is your last day. Like that's yeah. exactly how I did it. Just super serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that's a training you can give to a lot of HR managers and other managers who have who struggle with firing. Uh, you I know, do actually. Bad, that's bad one of my services. I teach people how to appropriately fire and lay people off. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll come to that. But before we come to that, <laughs> since you focus on diversity and inclusion, I really want to talk about the topic because it's such a hot topic. So many organizations have made that a priority in the last three to four years, especially since the pandemic. It is like a hot button topic and everyone wants to make sure it is in their shareholder reports. It's on their website. It's in their, you know, CEO statements uh, everywhere. Right. But you said before that before we started the show that there's a problem in which by, you know, in the way we're doing it. So can you talk to me about what is the problem? What are these guys doing wrong? Absolutely. So the first thing that they're doing wrong is that they're focusing on all those things that you just said. And they're they're focusing on showing people inclusion instead of actually having it. Um, and I will also tell you that the, the next biggest aspect to all of this is that people that's blocking people, even the companies that are truly trying to build good inclusion and really trying to welcome people as they are and have a healthy, psychologically safe environment, is that they respond in ego not in curiosity. And what I mean by that is that naturally occurring ego mechanism that's in all of our brains, right? It's biology. It's just there. 
Well, when you don't quiet that, it stops you from learning and hearing and actually moving forward. And so when people come to them and they say, hey, you know, this is something that I need as part of inclusion, you always, and I know you've seen in your line of work, they'll, they'll stop and go, oh, well, we can't because, well, we can't because, well, we can't, this is how we've always done it. This is this and that. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> That's not how that works. So when you respond in curiosity and say, tell me more about that, explain more about that to me, then you can actually learn and move forward. And that, I mean, it's the same thing even with our technology. We're even failing in our technology in terms of inclusion. So what does inclusion mean to you so that we're all clear of that word and the definition? I mean, inclusion, know. inclusion, you're right. Yeah, it can kind of be muddled, right? So I think a lot of people get confused and people think it's the same thing as diversity. No, it's not. So inclusion is when everybody is able to work in a way that is healthy and natural and effective for them and that they have the same kind of opportunities as everybody else. That's what it is. Everybody is welcome in here to have psychological safety and the same opportunities. Yeah. That's okay. pretty much it. That's an easier way to break it down. So how do you how do you measure something like that? Like how do you know if it's working or not? That is a great question because that's one of my one of my pet peeves is that I see all the time that DEI people are not setting KPIs for themselves, right? So when when uh, inclusion is working, what you should see is um, more effective hiring and less time to hire, by the way. Uh, those are some great markers. Improved employee satisfaction, improved retention. You should see less absenteeism for illness. Actually, that's one that a lot of people don't know. You should That should start to go down. Um, and then you should also start to see a lot more equity as well and a lot more people being promoted that were not before. So for instance, if all of your leadership before was white, as people start to go away, I'm not saying fire all your white people um, <laughs> necessarily, unless they deserve it, um, and then call me. But, um, but you know, you should start to see a better balance of that. Um, and also understanding that inclusion is not limited to, to like three groups. You know, a lot of people talk about gender and LBGTQ and race, and then it just stops. I'm like, no, <laughs> there's chromodiversity, neurodiversity, military, socioeconomic, multicultural, age, on and on and on and on and on. Inclusion is not exclusive. Yes. That's the thing. Yes. Inclusion is not exclusive. It's everybody, all the yes. people. That's what yes. it is. Yeah, because data shows time and time again that the more diverse the organization is, yes. the better they perform. Um, yes. And just diversity on paper, like you said, doesn't solve the problem. They have to feel like they belong. Yes. Yes. They have to feel the psychological safety and the ability to speak up and to work in a way that's natural for them. So Hewlett Packard did that. They developed a whole program um, specifically in honor of one of their founders who was neurodiverse. And they just said, OK, everybody do whatever is going to make you comfortable. Right. And that's that's what you're going to do. And that team became 33 percent more productive than its counterparts. Just astronomical. And mm. then they had imp increased employee uh, satisfaction, employee health. It was wonderful. Um, and then Boston Consulting Group even did a study that showed that truly inclusive organizations earn an average of 19 percent higher profits. I'm like, look, it even gives you more money. That's crazy. Of course you want that's inclusion. It is, it is, <laughs> you know? Inclusion is pro-capitalism, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> who knew that yeah. who knew that who knew it, it yeah it, it's kind of backwards right it seems like it wouldn't be pro-capitalism but in, in some ways it actually is it's about increasing efficiency productivity uh retention it's about it's about increasing profits you know it helps everybody yeah I mean, there's, human, there was a study i don't know the exact data on that but there was a statistically significant 
like McKinsey said, did that about diversity and corporate profit and corporate growth and share price performance for companies yes. that were more diverse. Uh, oh, and, yeah. And not only that, which was one, was one thing that came out surprising is that the companies who had female CEOs actually performed better than their well, counterparts. <laughs> No, I'm just uh, I, I was looking at myself. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I guess oh, I'm, no. Uh, Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> I was um, born the dumb gender, maybe. Yeah. Oh, darn. <laughs> um, no, it's, it is funny. Um, but it, inclusion is one of those things that a lot of people misunderstand. They, you know, they think it's, and, and one thing too, I've told a lot of CEOs that I've worked with is don't feel bad that you're not warm and fuzzy. I'm not warm and fuzzy. Okay. I am the human equivalent of grumpy cat. Okay, like I am not like a like a loving, feely, emotional kind of person. Um, it just makes sense, and and it's just logical, and it's the only way to have integrity. And 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 even though I'm not feely and lovey and and sweet, I have a, a lot of integrity, and and that's the thing is that it's it both makes sense, and it's the only true way to integrity. So, you know, what else can you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I I do. When I ask a, sec- a follow-up question to that, so yeah. what companies are doing wrong? Uh, we talked a little bit about that, but I want to yeah. really understand what they should be doing instead. Right. Yeah, that's a good question because you, you can tell people they're wrong all day, but if you don't tell them what's right, that's just not very helpful, right? Um, so the the first thing that I that I tell every company to do is to ask your people. Just ask them just outright and, and do it anonymously. Um, a lot of companies make the mistake of like trying to call everybody into like some kind of town hall meeting. People get embarrassed. They don't want to speak up. They send anonymous and, and just have an open anonymous survey that we're and, and feedback where people can just let you know what would help them. And that's what you need to focus on. It's not what are we doing wrong so much as what would help you to be successful. Yeah. What, what kind are of questions? Help you? Yeah. What are the questions um, in a survey like that? So it, it can be as simple as if one of them should be what would help, what tools would help you to be successful. You can break that down further into what technology would help you and what what changes to our technology would help you. So like if you have something like Salesforce, for instance, which is you know a great CRM, there's a plug for Salesforce. Um, you can you can often customize the fields, right? And that so people could tell you, hey, this could be worded this way, that would be better. This could flow better this way. And that would really help me out. Um, also, it's a great anonymous feedback is a great way to find out how your leadership is actually doing. So one of the questions that you want to ask is, are you experiencing psychological safety? And then clarify what that means. Do you feel comfortable to ask questions and even to dissent around your, your leadership? Mm-hmm. And if the answer to that is anything other than, yeah, I'm 100% comfortable, you need to do some work with your leaders. Yeah. right off the bat. <laughs> like that's yes. that's a big one. Um and and that just helps your leaders in general, right? That's that's just a general feedback. So these are the types of questions ask people about, you know, are they safe? Are they this do they feel like they have real opportunity to move up? And if so, why? And if not, why? You know, what are the things? And so there and there's more to the design than that, but it it can be a very short survey. It shouldn't take more than a few minutes. And then you can also just have a fill in the blank of just you know, tell us something that you think we ought to know. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Voila. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it's interesting when you do the anonymous feedback um, and when you can start to see different categories constantly popping up, like we're seeing, like we're seeing that we're really successful when it comes to our leadership, but we are stinking out loud at our hiring. 
<laughs> you know, people almost didn't sign up with us to work because our hire process was so uninclusive. You know, that's that's a problem. Or candidates dropped out. You should be doing this with your candidates too. How many candidates are you losing because your process stinks? And I will tell you, I've I've spoken to, oh God, I literally can't even count anymore. In fact, a while back I did a survey and out of a couple of hundred people that I surveyed, it was just over 200 over 150 said that they had completely stopped an application process because the questions were uninclusive. And even things as specific as what is your sexuality? And yes, that is a question that people are actually asking in their, <laughs> in wow. their applications now. Today. Not kidding. Please don't do that. That is illegal. That Well, it's not really. It's going to get you sued. Let's put it that way. That is going to get you sued real quick. Even if you're trying to do it as part of your inclusion efforts, don't. No, it's not going to go a good place. Nobody appreciates that. Um, but yeah, it's so people are actually leaving application processes. People with anxiety disorders, um, ADHD, some people with autism have all shared with me that just the way that the application process flows, they exit it because they're like, I don't know what they mean by this question or this question doesn't seem like it's appropriate or this question is confusing, you know, and then they just leave because mm -hmm. there's no way to, to get clarification. So they just exit out. So making sure, and you're missing out on great employees. Cause let me tell you, I've worked with some of the people I'm talking about <laughs> here and you want to work with these humans. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, our, our whole process is just kind of broken down, but yeah, this, so the surveys just ask your people, just ask, start there. Um, then to build inclusion, you also want to um, you want to start with the psychological safety and really building that up and making sure that people can speak up and starting that from day one and, and giving them that option. The next thing that really helps that and that's a beautifully inclusive thing to do is to change accommodations to standard options. Now, obviously, you'll always need to fill in the blank, right? But start by offering people different types of equipment, different ways to work, different formats, different communication styles. Ask them what their communication style is. Um, ask them the best way that they learn so that you train them effectively. Because if you do a Zoom training, but the person is kinetic, they're not going to learn any of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yep. So if you just hand them a manual and they learn auditory, no absorption. You just completely yeah. shot yourself in the foot. Uh, yeah, I don't know many people who can learn from a manual, to be honest, to begin with. Not many. Yeah, just yeah, just put that out there. Please just don't do that anyway. It's not really very. Maybe that with some training is good, you know, some like reference points and all that. But yeah. don't. Yeah, that should be really thing. But but things like that. So make accommodation standard options like Hewlett Packard did. Just talked about how awesome that was. Um, and then from there, again, listen to your people and design inclusively every single thing that you do whether it's procedure whether it's a product uh, any process that you have going on inclusively design it so involve voices that are not your own that can sit there and look at it and go oh yeah that's gonna be a problem for this group you know or oh if we worded this differently it would be better for for these folks and always include different communication styles so when you send something out on like social media stuff like that um, or even just to within your employees, make sure that you have like links and uh, different uh, you know, ways to highlight color, auditory aspects so that, again, it's inclusive for everyone. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, when you talked about uh, dropping a lot of candidates during the recruitment process because the process is not inclusive, I mean, as an employer, how would I know if it is that problem or if there are just not enough interested candidates? Like, how would I even find that out? 
Um, honestly, <laughs> the one of the one of the best things that you can do is to reach out to other people who are hiring for similar type roles or even just go on LinkedIn. You don't even need to talk to the humans. Go on LinkedIn, search for similar type roles and look at the number of applications. If you're seeing that other applicants are you know, other similar roles are getting a thousand applicants and you've got two, something's mm -hmm. not right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Something is wrong here. Um, another way to do that is to have uh, j just kind of have a generic kind of focus group and have them look and tell you what is wrong with your application mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you right now, if you're having people log in for stuff, you, you've already lost half the battle right there. A lot of people will just exit out if they have to create a login. So Workday, boo to them. Sorry, Workday, um, no plug for you today. Um, but in any others that, that create that, um, it's not something that a lot of people like. Um, again, with the weird questions, like a friend of mine, Sydney, who works at HR and has been on my show, uh, he he always says, if somebody can say to you, I don't know you like that, don't ask it. Don't ask that in an application. Right. <laughs> That's so weird, right? Don't, don't do that. I, I actually saw an application. I didn't believe it when somebody sent this to me. And so I said, okay, send me the link because I've, I've got to look at this. There's no way. And you went in there and they said, what is the worst personal tragedy that you've experienced and how did you handle it? And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> You're never going to get a straight answer on that for the most part. No. And that, and why would you want to put them in a place of trauma? Like, right. <laughs> right. Why do you want to revisit? Yeah, let them, let them not revisit yeah. that. I, and don't ask dumb questions. I had, I saw one where they asked, would you rather be a pirate or in the Navy? <laughs> Does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's funny. Like that's kind of like a, would you rather <laughs> yeah, situation? Yeah. But... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Like, don't don't do that. But but yeah, do get a focus group um, or call somebody like me. Little because I'll. I mean, I that's a service I offer. And it's cheap. I mean, I'll just come and I'll look at it and I'll just go. Here's here's what's wrong. Here's what I recommend. Here's why. Have at yeah. it. Listen or don't. But here you yeah. go. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that makes hundred uh, percent sense. But in yeah. the recruitment process, you know, one of the things that you did uh, is you found problems in the way current ATS systems are designed. Yeah. And in your words, you said ATMs, most ATM systems suck, right? They do. <laughs> so, they do. okay, question number one, why do they suck? Uh, and then question number two is, you designed a better ATS system or a process, so I want to hear about that as well. But I want to start with what, what the problem is. Why they suck? Um, and you know what's funny is I don't know a single person who works in HR that wouldn't agree with that statement that ATSs in general just suck out loud. Um, they really do. And part of the problem is they were developed in the 90s as an answer to like Monster and, and Indeed, these kind of massive job boards coming along. And they haven't really changed in their basic design. Now, there's some cool new features like automated emails and this and that and the other. But ultimately, they're still basically the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, the other reason that they suck is that they completely and totally rely on resumes. And resumes are inherently biased and flawed. They have been proven time and time again, by Harvard put out a great, um, great study on this, that they are not effective. They're not effective ways to represent candidates for jobs, and they're incredibly biased generating. So, you know, a lot of people go, oh, well, what are we going to ever do with that resumes? Oh, my God, the world will end if we don't have resumes. No, it won't. So, so what I did uh, with my system, and, and I, I knew a lot of people in the disability community that were struggling with applicant tracking systems because they're not designed for people in that community. Uh, the same thing with the neurodiverse community. Uh, and so I said, okay, 
so we're going to fix this. So just fix it. So we completely just started from scratch and uh, with some great focus groups that I did and some wonderful feedback, uh, including from a gentleman named Mervyn Kennedy McFoy, um, who is an autistic individual who lives in London, who designed a whole section of this, uh-huh. <laughs> this beautiful technology. Um, it, we, we, it, we came up with a very specific way to help candidates align themselves to the actual job. So it's not just some random bit of information that you're giving. Um, it's communicated extremely specifically. So, you, so for instance, one of the sections says, um, "What?" You know, so you you listed you know, your at, you listed your job, and you said, "Okay, what projects did you do that are relevant to the specific this position?" Yeah. Yes. Be very specific, and it's and it's even specifically formatted so that they structure it a certain way. It's extremely extremely laid out for them. Um, there's skill matching. So the company says, these are the skills that mat- that matter to us, rank yourself on these. Um, and so it's all very specifically guided. And if, even if you didn't, you know, parse or, or any of that, it still took at maximum seven to 10 minutes to fill out. Um, mm. and it was, it was super, super simple. Um, and I, everybody I had look at it go, yeah, love it. Huge <laughs> chance. Took it to Web Summit twice. It was successful there. Got a lot of good, uh, got good, got a lot of good attention there. Um, so it was, it was just a different way to do things, and it was specifically designed to block any bias-generating information. So no names. You had a kind of like a LinkedIn headline. You know, if you see like the way that people describe themselves right. on LinkedIn, that's yeah. that's what you saw. Um, there were no dates, but there was average tenure, so you would still know how long people have been at a job. But that way, you couldn't see employment gaps things like that, right? Um, then you had uh, you know, different, just different kind of information like that. And and it was really well received. And when I showed it to some of the hiring managers, they go, well, this is great because it's everything I care about. <laughs> yeah. And they said, and it's without all the rest of it. I said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so without names, how they, how, without names, how would you contact that person? Because your email might give away your name, right? Well, no, so yeah, none of that was in there. None of the email. You couldn't see any of that. So it was all back and it was in the system, but it was not visible to the hiring team. So you could message them through the system. And then once, and then you would eventually send them and or, or even right off the bat, however you chose to do it, you send them a message and say, Hey, we'd love to interview you. We're super excited about you. Um, you know, please click to unlock your profile. And then once the candidate clicks that, then it unlocks and you can see everything. Yeah. And then you can yeah. contact them and reach out. But the idea is, to make that initial decision without any of that information. Right you know, in front of you. what I like about that is that, I don't know if you thought about this or not, um, is when you unlock it, if after that you don't hear back consistently, then you know there's bias, right? That, yes. <laughs> and even internally and not just for like the candidates. And internally. Know, well, now I know, yeah. Yes, if, yeah, you, if you're unblocked like 200 or 300 candidates over the course of let's say a year across different positions, and you see mm-hmm. consistently that 70% of them were women or people of color or or a different ethnicity or religion. Yeah. Or those are things you can see and read. Well, right. right. But yeah, but you can But go disabilities read, but... <laughs> you can't directly see, so it's hard to tell on right. those ones. Um, you know, but uh, a lot of those things would or LGBTQ, you can't tell that. In, in sometimes you can't even tell they're LGBTQ even after they started working with your company. For years. Right. Well, that's true. Yeah, which you know? is I mean, you know. <laughs> for years. I mean, we had some yeah. employees uh, who were LGBTQ and I had no idea for years that for over a year, you know, until they came yeah. out and, and declared it. Which so, I'm glad that they did. That means that they felt comfortable. That's really good. That speaks yeah. well, you know, yes. but I mean, it's just 
but the point yeah you don't look well typically i mean i guess you could look i don't know i don't know whatever yeah. but <laughs> but i think it's a bunch of obvious uh yeah on, on the surface yeah. like, like the, names, the skin color names yes. can give away a lot you can go oh wait a minute and it's a great way to kind of stop things in their tracks and go something's not right here right and, exactly. and so another thing that was built into the system kind of to that point and everything was anonymous i'm not i'm not big in, and the only time that this would not work is for government contractors which we did have a workaround for them but all the data for race and all that was connected and was collected anonymously it's not associated with a profile and the candidate knew that and there was the 14 broad categories of diversity and so then the idea was it took you so they got the they get the initial survey with the application then it's you know who is is hired and then you know once they're hired you know, there are different stages oh and by the way applicants could see your internal company diversity at different levels too so they could see like the executive diversity and all that kind of stuff so then uh, but the other thing it would do is if somebody was removed from the process at some point they would also get a survey and and see if they would be willing to take it and so then what you could specifically see is, okay, wait a minute. Like, why is nobody who is black you're being being advanced? Why is nobody who who is from a different country being advanced? What's right. going on? Right. <laughs> like, yeah, and that like, would put the employer in an awkward position if they start interviewing the employer. I'm like, my first question to you is yeah. this, you know, right? But, but, that was, but that was kind of the design is it's like, well, now you're saying I have nothing to hide. If you're willing to put your, your diversity as a company out there, then it's like, well, there's nothing to hide. Here we are. And if so that, would, about that, 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 wouldn't, that wouldn't work with something like LinkedIn, right? Because when you post a job on LinkedIn, <laughs> you can see everything. So that's, everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, so the idea was um, that if you posted it, you know, shared to a job board like that, it would, so if you've ever applied on LinkedIn, you, you wouldn't be able to use the easy apply as they call it. It would apply on the website. So it would divert you. So then the company still couldn't see Got your it. profile. Got it. Yeah. So you could post a job to, to LinkedIn, but then it would send them back to your website. Right. To, right. To use that. Yeah. I mean, it does require the employee or the candidate to do a little bit more work in many in LinkedIn. You just press a button and you're done. Yeah. Right? It's, it's a little bit more, but it's not it's not excessive. It's not a long application process. It's not, uh -huh. you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you can parse out... some of it, by the way, yeah. you, you could parse, you could like use your profile to parse in some of your extra skills, stuff like that. And then just kind of organize it a little bit as yeah, well. Yeah. So this product is, is a full ATS. Like you can go through the entire hiring process and open yeah. and close deals. And all yeah. that. What, Absolutely. Um, what's the name of this product? It's Titan ATS named after oh, okay. my company, Titan Management. Okay. Yeah. So you, you're, <laughs> and you have a lot of clients using it, I'm assuming. We've had a few, so we've still stayed at beta stage. So it took a while, yay COVID, um, <laughs> to get development done. Um, and so we officially finished development about a year ago. And now we have some people up and really using it and that type of thing. It is mostly, interestingly, interestingly, been absorbed by uh, recruiters who are using it as opposed, like with their clients. And then also uh, we've had a couple of large hospital systems start to be very interested in it and using it. So that's good. Oh, great. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, good for you. I'm, I'm really excited to, you know, hear about that. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the recruitment process is where the bias starts, which is the, yeah. the you're nipping it in the butt, essentially, to, to, so to speak. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then obviously it goes from there and then you need to have you know, you could have gender diversity and belonging at a lot of levels, but if it is also important to have it at the uh, management level, at the executive level, Absolutely. ultimately, ultimately yes. as well. Yes, 100%. Yeah, and it, I'm not saying 
you know, I've, I've seen some weird posts where people are like, oh, you shouldn't have a white guy as your CEO. Well, why not? There's nothing wrong with that. But if every leader in your organization or even the majority of the leaders in your organization are white dudes, now we've got a problem, Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and you shouldn't and you should give opportunities to other people to have that role. But it's not that people shouldn't have that. You know, that just makes no sense. Yeah, <laughs> Again, inclusion yeah. is everybody. Right. It's not exclusive. Excellent. Well, we are out of time at this point. So I want to just leave with one last question or two last questions. The one last question really is, what is the one thing that you want to tell the organization leaders who are really trying to build out their inclusion process to not just be able to advertise it, but actually do it? Like actually do it is respond to curiosity, not ego. Ask your people what they need and find somebody who understands DE&I as a broad scope process that's not just a specialist. I've seen a lot of that mistake too of hiring somebody who's a specialist in one form of neurodiversity that they don't understand it on a broad scope. They don't understand the business aspects. Um, look for the people who understand all that and get them to help build out your DE&I. And by the way, they should work themselves out of a job. That should happen. <laughs> After a while, it should just be so ingrained in your culture that, it, that they're no longer really needed. So look for somebody who can help you out in that way. That's my top advice. Excellent. And Catherine, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people you. find you and learn more about you? You can find me on my professional website, which is uh, titanmanagementusa.com. On my LinkedIn, I'm one of like three Catherine McCords in the United States with my spelling, so I'm super easy to find. Um, so find me on there. I'm, I, I'm always on LinkedIn. And then also you can go to my speaker site. I do present for different companies. I come in and teach classes. I can actually come in and teach you how to do the DE&I stuff. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And um, so that's at kmccordspeaking.com. Well, thank you, Catherine. It's been a pleasure having you on my show. Thank you. It's been a pleasure for me too. This was fun. Shri Chalapa here. Thank you so much for listening to the People Strategy Leaders Podcast. If you are a successful leader or a people strategist who would like to be on this program, please visit engagedly.com slash people strategy leaders podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? If you know someone that would be a great guest, Tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag People Strategy Leaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Sri Chalapa. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. And thank you to Patrick Ramsey, sound engineer at Kalinga Production Studios, for recording and mixing this show.